guys, I'm Megan McFarlane and welcome to our podcast series, Catechism and Sacraments Q&A. Today's episode will provide some insight and thoughts on question number four. Today on our panel, we have Aaron Klein, Sam Richter, and Bill Wynn. Guys, how are you feeling? Good. Good. Yeah, guys excited? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I hope so. So the fourth question in the new, uh, the new city catechism that we are discussing is, how and why did God create us? And the answer is God created us male and female in his own image to know him, love him, live with him, and glorify him. And it is right that we who were created by God should live to his glory. Um, the Bible passage, this question and answer is based off of is Genesis 1:27, which says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. This is a topic in my opinion, that I feel is probably one of the more sensitive and confusing topics to talk about, um, considering where culture is right now. Um, so if it's all right with you, I would really like to open up with, with prayer, um, mm-hmm. if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Of course. <laughs> oh, golly. Lord, thank you for allowing us to gather today to talk about your creation Thank you for providing us with the technology and the and the people to be able to conversate about this topic that seems to get more and more complicated to talk about. Lord, I pray for everyone that our hearts be open to your words and guidance, that we speak in your truth, but speak it in your gentleness, that we humble ourselves and allow your Holy Spirit to lead us. Bless all who are here physically and those who are listening, wherever they may be, whatever they may be doing. May we feel your presence in everything we do, and may we always keep our eyes focused on you. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so, panel. Um, I think it's fair to say that the topic of gender and sexuality hasn't always been the easiest topic to address within the church. Um... And in my opinion, I think it's getting increasingly harder as so many other factors are coming in, are coming into the equation. So my first question is why, why does the church often struggle in talking about gender, sexual ethics, et cetera, et cetera, long list of questions. And Aaron, you know what? I would love as the pastor of our church to hear your opinion. No pressure. Well, you know, I would say the, uh, I'll give you the simple answer then. How about this? We, we struggle with it because of sin. That's and then we'll okay. just stop right there. You don't need so. to answer any more than that. Oh. That's yeah. funny. I mean, I guess I would probably say that, um, you know, certainly that is a reason why we struggle oh, with abso- this. Oh, right, um, yeah, absolutely. But I think, you know, one of the reasons why <laughs> I think we struggle with this is because our culture is becoming increasingly disconnected from what Scripture says. Yeah. And I think the more the culture gets away from what Scripture says about this, the more questions there are mm-hmm. around uh, gender norms and, and sexuality and things like that. And I think, too, what, what ends up happening is our culture uh, looks at the church and says that the church is, is like sexist or bigoted or phobic in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think because 
churches are influenced by our culture, we don't want to speak up because we don't want to offend anyone. Mm -hmm. Now, the reality is that there are churches that do speak up, um, but I would say that oftentimes they do so in a way that's neither true to scripture nor true to what God desires for our culture. Mm -hmm. And so on the one hand, you have churches that are just so in line with culture that there's really no discernible difference between what the culture says and what scripture says. And so they end up twisting scripture in order to try to fit culture. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, you probably have churches that do nothing but rail against the culture mm -hmm. that we're called to minister to. And so they end up speaking in a way that isn't loving or we pull back from the culture and avoid it altogether. Yeah. Um, and so I guess if I were to add at least one more thing to that, I, I would say um, when we include things, and I know that this is a few years old now, but I think it still fits and applies to today. You know, we mm -hmm. add in things like the Me Too movement, mm -hmm. uh, landing at the doorstep of the church because of a history of men behaving badly yep. or you find uh, different forms of abuse, there is a recipe there for people saying that the church really doesn't have anything positive yeah. to add to the discussion. Mm -hmm. But I think that we are called to speak into our culture with grace mm -hmm. and truth, mm -hmm. uh, with a love for others and a love for scripture. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that there's also a certain amount of loss because I believe that what the Bible says about men and women and how we're to complement each other, as well as the whole of sexual ethics, actually what scripture has to say is pretty beautiful. Yeah. Uh, so I think that if we can recapture talking about these issues in a loving and winsome way, yeah. that people would see the church actually does have a lot to offer to this conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. Scripture paints it beautifully. Um, and with how men and women are created, um, again, both created for service here on earth, it's painted beautifully um, within the scriptures. Um, Sam, what do you, what do you think? Why, why do you think the church struggles in talking about gender, <laughs> etc., long list? <laughs> well, I thought... Why don't we just take an incredible problem and just double it? Because, I mean, this, this question and answer, they're, um, they just cut to the core of so many profound issues in our society. Sure, sure. We've got male, female, but we have God created. I mean, right there, we already have a major issue mm -hmm. in our culture. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, we have, and this, it goes back to, you know, um, role of science and te technology, sure. social changes in the past 100 years. But this one, it's so fundamental, and yet uh, every clause of this beautiful answer is contested in our society right now. Mm -hmm. God created us male and female in his own image to know him, love him, live with him, and glorify him. And it's right that we who were created by God should live to his glory. I think you could look at all those. There's, there's how was the world made? Mm -hmm. What kind of force, being, is behind the, um, the, the creation of the world? Mm -hmm. Being made male and female, and 
that's, that's kind of the, the main topic of what we're talking about, but also how, supposing there is a God, how do we relate to such a God? What does it mean to love a God? Is he distant and far away? Did he start things and disappear? Uh, there's so many profound questions that we're wrestling with in this, and yet it is, I agree, this is, this is the bedrock, and it's the beautiful foundation that it just, we build on as we go through the catechism, but whether it's sexuality or a vision of what humanity is meant for, our understanding of God and the way that love is kind of central to what God is about, what we are about, mm -hmm. we do have something beautiful and persuasive to offer into these difficult conversations. Mm -hmm. yeah. That thank you. Thank you, Sam. I appreciate that. Bill, what about you? What what is what do you think? Why does the church struggle talking about gender, sexual ethics, etc.? Well, I, I mean, I think Aaron hit it on the head and, and Sam of course kind of elaborated on it in that it is it's part of our sin nature. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's so many things that God, I mean, think about it. God created this great earth mm -hmm. with everything, you know, carbon dioxide and oxygen, how it exchanges everything, and we're messing it all up. So, you know, now I'm, I'm no, I'm not going to go down the climate change. <laughs> My third thing is, God's creation, man has a tendency to mess up. Well, okay, let's take this male and female idea, which he did create. Mm -hmm. It says he created and he created us in his image, which is a little, you know, mm -hmm. I'm like, how can I be in both man and woman be in his image? That's a goofy looking image. But anyway, that I won't even go there. But let's face it, to my way of thinking, and this is not, this may be totally wrong. What is it that makes us special is that God gave us this will, which is different than any other of his creation. Mm -hmm. And he says, you are, after he made us, he says, you are really cool, or really mm -hmm. good. And so, and, and he says, okay, I'm going to take perfect care of you. I'm going to give you exactly what you need. And I always think of that scene where Adam, who is by himself first, and then all of a sudden Eve appears, and he goes, whoa, mm -hmm. this is cool. And that's not exactly what he says in Genesis, but that's the... And so, you know, right away, we have taken something that is really, really beautiful, mm -hmm. and we've messed it up. We've messed it up. Of course, we've messed it up a lot of other things. And I think that's where we, as believers and followers and, and, and partakers of grace, mm -hmm. have to be so careful, because I have goofed it up. Mm -hmm. I, none of us have not goofed it up. I mean, I think I always go back to, you know, you have the Ten Commandments, then you have the Sermon on the Mount. Yes. Okay, I love, I, you know, Jimmy Carter is one of my favorite presidents. Mm -hmm. And I loved it when Jimmy Carter did this interview. And where he says, I lust after women. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Jimmy, you know, he's living the perfect life. He lusts. I mean, of course he did. Yeah. I mean, that's just our nature. Sure. So all of us will kind of accept well, that's something I could do and nobody notices. Mm. Well, that's no better than the, the sexual sins that people do that are noticeable. Right. So we who are doing sexual sins that are not so noticeable, who are we right. to condemn, punish, say nasty things about sure. people that are doing the noticeable things? I think what we have to do is we have to accept the fact that we... 
God has given us a template for a great relationship between man and woman. Yeah. Okay? Mm -hmm. He did. Yeah. And it is wonderful. If you do it the way he says, it is wonderful. Mm -hmm. But if you don't do it the way he says, it's bumpy. Yeah. Okay? Now, some of us have more bumps than others, but it's bumpy. But none of us is doing it perfectly. No. So, as a church, we just have to be so careful not to walk into that minefield of saying truth in love or whatever it is that the Bible, you know, there's the Bible verse that gives us, we think, the right to shake our finger at people right. and just say, I, I recognize that I'm struggling, you're struggling, but you're not following the way God would want us to and right. come back. Right. Mm -hmm. I really like that point that you made that like we are all, <laughs> none of us quite get it right, do we? This is often a topic that we struggle with addressing in the church, right? So let's fight against it and let's not struggle about it. Let's address this topic. Sit down and address it in this podcast, right? Um, so my next question after that is, so what does it mean to be made in the image? What does it mean to be made in the image of God? Bill, what do you think it means to be made in the image of God? What is that when you hear well, that? Well, I'm, I'm going to say right up front that... Uh, I haven't in my own mind what I'm thinking is, and, sure. and I think I may have said that earlier, in that when we are made in God's image, I don't think we're, ma we're made um, in a way, what makes us special in His sure. creation is, mm -hmm. the, is our ability to, to um, think, to yeah. have will, and to love God back. You know, to to say God loved me so much, He created me. I love my my purpose in life is to love Him back. And yeah. how do I do? How do I show love to Him? Well, you know, the old the the original the Old Testament version is by obeying Him. Yeah. Well, we kind of dropped the ball on that real quick. Mm -hmm. But we've you know we still work at that. I mean, it's still our you know our primary motivation is to by being made in His image is to love Him back. Yeah. And 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 still obeying. Mm -hmm. And that and obeying means I, he's given us a template mm -hmm. for how to um, interact with each other, not only male and female, but just the way we take care of one another. And when we do it the way he says, things are going to go smoothly. Mm -hmm. And when we don't, things are not. But the cool thing is, is that we now have this phenomenal gift mm -hmm. that, you know, and in the Old Testament it was there, but it was a little more difficult with the sacrifice and the covenants and all the things that, that happened. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't all of a sudden that God started loving us more in the New Testament than he did in the Old. It's just that in the New Testament, we now have the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah. Because Christ, what makes him so unique, I mean, you think about all those Old Testament stories, nobody could really see God. God right. was always appearing as a fire or, you know, whatever. And all of a sudden, God says, I'm going to take care of that. And I'm going to appear to you and somebody that you will be able to see and touch and and talk with and that is and he's the perfect person and then of course he embodies God's love for us by what he did and now we have are we made all of a sudden so that we're obeying God better? No. God recognizes the fact, first I have to tell you, you can't obey me, and then I'm going to give you Christ and give you grace and as a result of that with grace you know that you have ultimate forgiveness by having faith in God. Now, once you've got that, the best thing you could do is to not tell anybody. No, of course not. The best thing you could do is to say, God loves me with all my brokenness. Mm -hmm. And now I want you to know that with your brokenness, you can be loved just as the way I am. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, it's the old story. I'm a, the, the beggar talking to another beggar. Mm-hmm. I don't have, I'm not the guy who's mm-hmm. figured it all out and I'm going to tell you what you're doing wrong. I'm the guy who, who has not figured it all out, but I've gotten this great gift of grace. Mm-hmm. And I want you to have that too. Sure. That is, that is mm. so good, though. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you just hit the nail on the head on some things that I wanted to say, so I'll just say in a worse way to follow you, which is um, <laughs> that uh, I, I think this question and the being made in the image of God is such a beautiful, beautiful doctrine because, as you said, it means that we are not just animals mm-hmm. uh, set at loose on this world um, to to eat and kill and everything, you know, but we have a special place. Mm-hmm. We have a special place that God has put us into, a special um, a, a, a rulership, a dominionship yeah. over yeah. creation. And But a key part of it is being made in the image of God, and mm-hmm. Christ really is the image of God. So I, I was, uh, there's this wonderful scholar um, who studies the church fathers and mothers, and he, uh, he has a great discussion on the image of God, and I, I really wanted to bring this in because I, I think it, it says something um, really profound about how we are made for communion with God, and it's through Jesus. So mm-hmm. he says um, he says that we're we're being made after the pattern of Christ mm-hmm. to become like Christ. Right. And he says we have been created by God the Father in the image of the Word, in the image of Jesus, through the Word. We've been made in the image of the Word through the Word. We also believe that. It was through Jesus that God made the world. Mm-hmm. He was the word that God spoke. Mm-hmm. And so he says, we were made in the image of the word through the word so that through the word who created us, we might come to the knowledge of God the Father. And he says, this whole process takes place by grace through the spirit. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's maybe a more complicated way in, a, a complicated way of saying what you said so simply and so beautifully, <laughs> well, not simply, but beautifully. But that is to say that we were made, God worked through Jesus to make the world and us, and mm-hmm. we are made after the pattern of Jesus mm-hmm. so that we can, again, follow the pattern of Jesus, yeah. and in doing so, we can have knowledge and communion mm-hmm. with God. That's what it means when in this question and answer to say that we know Him, love Him, and live with Him. Yeah, it's not just submission no. to God and obeying without mm-hmm. any sense of relationship. Yeah, but this is something we talk about a lot in our church: relationship with God. Sure, and, but God is personal. He made us to be personal. And the core there is to become like him in, in, in the pattern of Jesus and to love, mm-hmm. to feel, to receive his love mm-hmm. and to love him mm-hmm. in return. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not just me and God, but yeah. with those whom he has called and is drawing towards him. Mm-hmm. So it's, 
with the church as well, yeah. the church in Jesus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you. One of the thoughts that I was thinking of is the idea that we are made to worship God. And I think that comes into play a lot when you think of not just within sexuality, but how quickly we run to so many different idols in this world and how quickly we want to worship them. And I think it all comes back to that heart and desire to really be reunited in worshiping with and glorifying our Father. Um, that's a thought that I, I casually have is like, you know, we run to those idols so often. I think it's a, just an innate natural desire that God created us with from the beginning of creation to be in communion. I like that word communion with him and worship with him. And I think that's why, and again, it goes back to that focus of how is, how is this bringing glorified to God? How is offering bringing glory to God? How is our talents bringing glory to God? How is our money bringing glory to God? Like it's all about the glory of God. And it comes back to that innate, divine nature that he created us with from the very beginning. Um, so that was just the, that was the thought that came to my mind. Sam, mm -hmm. thank you. Mm -hmm. Aaron, what do you have to say about being made in the image of God? Yeah, I mean, I don't know uh, how much more I could certainly add. They, I think they've done a really good job mm -hmm. um, in kind of explaining that. You know, oftentimes we think of the image of God, the, you know, in Latin they call it like the Imago Dei, you know, and what it means is that as human beings, both male and female, mm -hmm. we reflect God's divine nature. Yeah. That we are a representation of what God is like. And I think Bill and Sam have already alluded to this when it comes to our moral, spiritual, and intellectual essence. Um, as we've heard, you know, that God has given us a cognitive ability Mm -hmm. to to know and to be known, to be in relationship, just as we look at the Trinity as being in relationship. Mm -hmm. Now, when we say, you know, this idea of being in the image of God, that's not to say that God is male or is female, because we right. know Scripture says that God is spirit and right. his worshipers must worship him in spirit and truth. Mm -hmm. But when you look at us as a part of God's creation, we are a picture and even though that picture is marred by, by sin or illness, or it looks different. The picture looks different because mm -hmm. of weakness or age or even race or ethnicity. I mean, even a person born with a disability. I mean, mm -hmm. we all bear the image of God. Mm -hmm. And that means if that's the case, we need to treat each other with dignity and with respect. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's also important to keep in mind, it's already been said that as human beings, we bear the image of God. No other part of God's creation is said to bear his image. Yeah. And so that makes us as human beings special. We are his image bearers over creation. Yeah. God entrusts us then to care for the creation that he has placed us over. Mm -hmm. And of course, the question really becomes like, why is this important? And I think that this this answer and this question are important because it has to do with our worldview. Yeah. That when we understand who God is, when we understand how we relate to God, mm -hmm. it means that how do we relate to one another? Yeah. And based on that, this question actually shapes how we live. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about the just the ethical implications of this. How do I engage my brothers in Christ 
who are sitting here. Like, how mm -hmm. should I engage you mm -hmm. as a sister in Christ, yeah. knowing that you each bear the image of God mm -hmm. means that I should treat you in a certain way, that I shouldn't wish you harm in any way. So understanding how we're made in the image of God, I think also shapes the way in which we live. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. For those of you listening, if you have any further questions, please drop them in the comment section or send an email to ashley at warsawpresby.org. We hope that you have a rest of the wonderful day. Um, God bless. Thank you so much.